comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and A, we're talking The Maze Runner. Why would we be talking about corn? Because we gotta give back. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always, this is... Abe! Hello, friends! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, dive into a mostly spoiler-free review, and jump back into other topics. This is episode 164. 164. I mean, that's like 100 more than Nintendo 64. You damn straight <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. And um, this week we're talking The Maze Runner, based on the popular YA novel... The first in what I assume is going to be a series. I don't know even know. I didn't know. <laughs> what you, you thought it was just like that's it? I thought that was one. I was like, oh, <laughs> we we'll get to that. <laughs> you thought we were just we were just good. We were like, oh yeah, they're, 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 maybe they like, got out. Whatever. Like one YA novel that actually encapsulates everything in one book. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, joining us to discuss the Maze Runner, we have from Rath's reviews. He's fresh out of the cage and ready to go for a jog. It's Jordan Rath. Hello, everybody. How's it going? My name is Jordan, uh, over from Rath's Reviews. I'm excited to be here today and uh, joke around and talk about Maze Runner and apparently the sequels that our audience should hopefully know about. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, we give Abe, you know, a short leash. So he, I don't he, he, enough. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, thank, well, well, welcome to our show, welcome. Jordan. Thanks for yeah. being here. Thank always, you for having always, me. Always happy to have new guests on the show. Indeed. Uh, especially when, you know, some of our, you know, our hosts don't exactly know all the things that they need to know about the, ma- the Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Aaron guy. You couldn't even, you, I, I bet you couldn't even begin to guess what the sequel of the Maze Runner would be called. Maze Runner. Still amazing? Still amazing. Yeah, still, still amazing. Yeah. <laughs> is that it, what it's called? I mean, that's the most obvious. Is it the Scorch Trials? Is that what it is? That doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. The Scorch Trials? Okay. I mean, yep. come on, Mocking J. Well, of then... course, it's it's a movie, it's, so it'll have to be like the Maze Runner Chronicles, the Scorch Trials, or something like that, to make sure everyone knows like that it's still the same franchise. I had to ask actually a bunch of teenagers after the movie was over. I had I no problem asking them. We should run through that scenario where you like leave the theater and you see a bunch of teenagers, so you walk over and you're like, "Hey guys, yeah, like, <laughs> hey guys, questions. don't mind me. I'm actually one of you. I'm like a 15 year old, but uh, so you might have to see me in high school. Present your age, okay? Yeah." <laughs> All right, Eddie, let's get away from this nonsense. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have we have some announcements. Um, let's see. First thing, um, let's see. Last week, but I'll announce it again. Sleepy Hollow commentary. We recorded a commentary for Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton film. Both because we always do a commentary for every month of this, you know, every new month we do a new commentary, and because uh, the show Sleepy Hollow on Fox is returning. And of course, people know that I co-host a show called the Ichapod Cranecast, which goes over the TV show. Sleepy Hollow. So I figured, why not do a joint podcast episode where we talk about Sleepy Hollow the movie? So that's out there now. That's available on iTunes. You can find that. It's a lot of fun. Me and myself and Brandon and uh, Victoria, our guest, uh, we have a lot of fun talking about that movie. What else? Color V, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, we also have a bonus episode coming. Um, regards to Tusk, the new Kevin Smith film. 
myself and Jordan Grout are going to record a special episode for talking about Tusk because that's that's a movie that we saw that we feel like we should probably discuss in some manner. And because uh, we love giving content. That that helps, yeah. Speaking of content, lots of horror bonus episodes are going to be coming this October. We're going to have a bonus episode every week in October with myself, Brandon, and hopefully friend of the show Jimmy O from Joe Blow and Brandon and I already said Brandon and Jason Pullman. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about just various decades of horror and the films associated. So it's that should be fun. That should be fun. A lot of October content coming your way. You could call it an October fest. I, I, <laughs> I, there, I will, there will there, be now. there will probably be <laughs> oh there will be beer um it's my favorite uh pta there will be beer it's a great uh <laughs> that was after he did the the master right yeah yeah he made yeah, yeah that, that was that's what joaquin phoenix did he, he, oh, he was so good gotcha, at making right, alcohol yeah. he was so good at making moonshine that he became he made his own distillery and became popular that makes so much sense yeah dad's old-fashioned root beer that yeah <laughs> Um, so last thing, iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those, uh, helps out our show, helps other people find our show and just is very simple to do. You log on iTunes, maybe you type up a little sentence or just give us a star rating. Anything will do. And it just makes us feel happy. We're generally yeah. happy about doing the show. You can just type a period and just give us a star rating. <laughs> that should be really funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, so let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. We each week we try to ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody. everybody. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna start this one off. All right. This is for both of you guys. Um, what's your What is your preferred environment when it comes to running away from something? Say you're in a hostile situation and you're running away. What's like that? What's the place where you're like, I can probably run through this pretty well. Uh, hmm. Do they have ranged weapons? Hey, it's your scenario, buddy. <laughs> Let's say yes. Sure. Yeah, they have they have poison spears. Oh God. The worst kind I, of spear. I'd say a mall. A, a mall? Yeah. So you'd be right running up, like up yeah, the escalator? Yeah, you go down the escalator, up the escalator, just like pull like a, you know, I don't know, an entire sequence full of random of, mist. Of mall there. parkour? Yep, mall parkour, exactly. Of mall core? District B13 mall. <laughs> I think I'd have to go with a uh, skyscraper. I think there's a lot of strategy hiding on those floors in there. I was going to say an open field, but since they have ranged weapons, I don't think that would work out too well. I would agree. Skyscraper would be good. Skyscraper would be good. I'm just, I'm just thinking of Die Hard now. I'm just thinking there'd be convenient like bungee cords like all around it too, so you could just at any time like <laughs> hop out a window and grab one and be like, yeah, that was working, and then like descend to a lower floor. Exactly. You could do that. I mean, that's that's almost exactly like uh, what's that one with Nathan Drake? Uncharted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like climbing out the windows and like going on the rope. It's a good one. Okay. I'd say like Mission Impossible, but you know, you know, a video <laughs> game works too. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, my question to you guys is, if you guys are in this, you know, deserted, isolated location, would you rather be in charge or the cook? The the cook? You would want to be the cook? No, I'm asking, just making sure. There's just the yeah, cook. Only, like, there's either, only, there's only either, there's either the leader or the or, cook. Yep. Okay. I kind of feel like the cook is somewhat the leader. Like, he controls food. Oh, I like that. I like that plot twist there. I'm going to say the cook. Mm. Also because you're required to kiss the cook. That's just part of it. <laughs> so you're saying if you were trapped with a bunch of teenage boys, you'd want to be the cook because of <laughs> you kiss the cook? All, all I'm saying is I'd have an apron that says kiss the cook. I'd be controlling the food. 
whatever happens from there happens. That's all yeah. I'm going <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm, I'm not saying it's a whole session. Just, you know, like an, an acknowledgement, like French style, you know, like European style. <laughs> like an, style. Yeah, like an acknowledgement of, like, how good of a job I'm doing as said cook. Oh, c'est bon. <laughs> That's what they say after they eat my food. And give me a polite, like, peck on the cheek, like, yeah, Aww. that was a good job. <laughs> Thanks. You're just, like, stealing all the power from Albie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Albie's a good guy. I, I he like is a good him. guy. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Jordan, your decision Jordan? on the question. <laughs> your answer what to this about, serious question. What about a leader who can cook? Ooh. Not necessarily <laughs> the cook, but if you don't like what the cook is making some night, you can be the leader and step in oh, and make your own little thing. I like where he yeah. went on that one. That was good too. That was mind blown. That's because he's. That means he's ready for all situations. <laughs> he's right. He, he's allowed to come back for the. <laughs> yeah, we, Jordan doesn't have to pass our game session where you where it really determines whether our guests come back to the show. He's already in. <laughs> he's in. You did a good job answering that's this. A, that's a new record, question. I think. It took it took it took Adam Gentry like eight tries before he could get back on the show. <laughs> Black belt and gold medal winner Adam Gentry. Not enough for this podcast. though. <laughs> All right, let's move. That 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 was a good session of no, no everybody. everybody. So let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's get that now, quickies. Tim. Each week and out now we have one main movie of the week, but we also have other movies of the week. That was why I haven't started holding out quickies. Tim. That was pretty good this week. That was pretty good. That's pretty spot that. on. Right. Abe, have you yeah. seen any other movies this week? I did. I watched the Skeleton Twins. Oh. Uh, that one was very well written, well acted. I believed every moment of their brother-sister relationship. I think what also made it extra special was that if you kept up with Saturday Night Live, Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader, their chemistry just is so effusive on the screen. Um, they were also in uh, Adventureland together. Also yes, as, as a married uh, couple. As a married couple. And I just think that they play very well off each other, especially during the, the comedic scenes. I mean, the dramatic scenes worked especially well as well. Um, I was kind of bummed out. Uh, but for the most part, I do highly recommend this movie. Uh, and basically, Luke Wilson plays Luke Wilson slash a Labrador Retriever. I I I will go to bat for Luke Wilson. I think he's excellent in this movie. And, 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 and Ty Burrell. I think um I think the whole cast is just very well performed overall. But yeah, I agree. The movie I highly recommend it. It's certainly there's certainly a lot of dr- dark dramatic material going on with the dark yeah, comedy throughout this movie. Th- there's a lot of depression in this film, and um. I mean, it, it's kind of just one of those things where they, they don't outright necessarily deal with it, but uh, it, it does happen. And if you know people who have had depression, clinically, who are clinically depressed, I mean, this will probably echo a lot to you. Yeah, certainly a good movie. Well, what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. I uh, saw Walk Among the Tombstones yesterday. Ah. Yeah. I was... In all honesty, a bit disappointed by it. Uh, I'm a pretty big Liam Neeson fan, but at the same time, I kind of take a step back and realize that most of his movies aren't that great. I liked Nonstop earlier this year. It wasn't Abe. his best one, but I thought it was an awesome one-time view. Never would need to watch it again, though. I think that's where <laughs> Abe and I land on that one as well. It was certainly a lot of fun seeing it, but it's not like I need to go out of my way to see so it. Which is weird, because like Taken I can watch like all the time for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, he has his classic, like, Taken. Taken 2 is probably one of, probably his worst, in my opinion. I couldn't stand Taken 2, but I... Of, of this, like, of this wave of Neeson's action movies? 
Yeah, of yeah, like I, the last like few years, I thought Taken Two. The part where his daughter just starts throwing live grenades in one of the world's largest cities. Because he, because he says, throw another grenade. Like that's Jimmy, like... I need you to throw another grenade. <laughs> just do it so I can hear. Yeah. That Don't part... worry about the fragment rounds going everywhere into everyone's face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, a walk on the tombstones, huh? Yeah, and so basically any time... So for me personally, The Grey is my favorite Liam Neeson movie. The Grey is... I don't know. I know a lot of people somewhat don't like it or they think it's kind of boring. I really, really like The Gray. That was probably one of my favorite movies. Of... Once again, Jordan, you, you've, you've assured your spot on this podcast <laughs> in the future because Abe and I love The Gray to death. One of our, that was yeah. in both, of both of our top tens that year. Yeah, that was my uh, number five. It was either my five or six, whatever year that came out. Yeah, we had it quite it, high. It really grew on me throughout the year because I remember I saw it and then I was like, God, that movie was so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Walk Among the Tombstones, essentially, I mean, it's a detective tale of some really gruesome material, uh, that along with No Good Deed, I've just been creeped out by human beings in general for the last two <laughs> weeks in the movie theaters. So, it, I don't know, it was just one of those things that didn't feel that special, didn't feel that original. Um, I mean, Liam Neeson did good in it, like he always does, he never really, he's so typecast anymore that... He'll never do bad in one of these roles. It just was something that by the end of watching it, I'm like, mm, I don't ever need to see that again, really, nor do I feel like that was time necessarily well spent. Uh, I didn't think it was a bad movie by any means, but when you when you see a movie or two every weekend, like you kind of start to pick out the ones that you realize you didn't really need to see, and that was kind of one of them. Yeah, I'm kind of right. I certainly don't. I don't feel like I was dep- like I was too thrown off by it or like when say like don't go see this movie but yeah i certainly echo i echo a lot of your sentiments where it just it feels like it feels fairly standard with the addition of having liam neeson in your role as the lead so you know it automatically makes the lead character quite compelling just because he's able to show off his gravitas by speaking as opposed to having to prove that he's like a tough guy or whatever yeah Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like uh, writer director scott scott he he adapted it. it was based off a novel but i like scott frank quite a bit and I, I rewatched The Lookout this week, actually. I know, Abe, you're a big fan of The Lookout. Oh, yeah, right? The Lookout, yeah. You know, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was, that was uh, Scott Frank's first film as a director. And uh, it you see that movie, and it's like, yeah, there's like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, and it feels f- like a fresh take within the kind of neo-noir zone. This is this is just isn't really fresh. Like, it's a very traditional story, and it just doesn't have a lot to really add to it besides this, this Liam Neeson character. And I, I mean, if it... It made it made like decent bucks this weekend, but I mean, I, I I'd be surprised if it got because there's like a whole series of these novels. So I'm 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 curious, I guess, if if they if Neeson wants to like commit to being this character for like a number of more films of this name. But you know, regardless, yeah, the movies it's all right, it's it's okay. It's I like that it was a detective story and not just like Liam Neeson beating up people again. That was yeah yeah. It's one of those that like if someone came up to me and they're like, I'm gonna go see this movie, I wouldn't discourage it, but. It's one of those things that I wouldn't encourage. I mean, there's really not much. This September is. Yeah, it's been a. It's it's heating yeah. up more now than it than in the the kind of early September slash like mid August where just nothing was happening in theaters. Yeah. But um, since you guys talked about those movies, I will talk about this is where I leave you. Uh, this is the film with a lot of people: Jason Bateman, <laughs> Tina Fey, Corey Stoll, Adam Driver, Jane Fonda. I can keep going, but I'm going to stop. Um, it's Tina Fey. I said Tina Fey. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said that a second. Um, 
Yeah, this film, it's like a family comedy drama that, similar to Walk Among the Tombstones, actually, that you've seen before. It's not really original or fresh in any way. It just it tries to get by in its cast, but the main problem is there's too many people in this movie. I love this cast. It's a great cast of actors, of people that I enjoy seeing in films and whatnot, but there's so many of them that they it just ends up overcrowding the film, where if you separated some of these people, it might make for an interesting movie, but most of these characters aren't that interesting to begin with. Uh, you have like Jason Bateman, who's the lead, who's ostensibly the lead character, who like discovers his wife is cheating on him, and at the same, like within like hours, he also finds out his dad died, so he has to go back home with like his brothers and sister, and they're all basically forced to sit in. They're they're sitting shiva at that their at their childhood home at, as they kind of pay respects to their father and whatnot for like a week, and it's. I mean, Abe, it really, basically, it's white people problems. That's the movie. Like, that's what it comes down to. It's like, that's really what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like really intense drama. It's more of like, oh. So I'm guessing that you and I wouldn't really relate to it. No, it's just more of a general way to write <laughs> okay. off the movie because there's not yeah. much, there's not much there. Like, there's, there, there's some plot, like, there's a plot involving uh, Tina Fey and Timothy Oliphant's character. And Timothy Oliphant is like the next door neighbor. Who used to be? Who used to have a relationship with Tina Fey? And then this he sounds. Stopped. This sounds like too many characters. It does because you didn't even realize Timothy Oliphant was in it until yes, I said exactly. so. <laughs> I didn't know that. So like he is like the probably he's probably the most interesting character in the movie, but he only gets you know, in the amount of this two-hour movie, he gets like ten minutes. So it's like all right, well, that, I could have seen that movie on its own, but instead we have like a lot of these little subplots crammed together, and they just don't really. It doesn't flesh out overall. Like mm. it's funny. It has its moments. Like the trailer reveals a lot of those moments, so it's a little unfortunate there. But I mean, it, it's. It's good enough in terms of, like, a light comedy. Um, it's just forgettable and not really essential in any way. It's certainly not a, you know, it's not it's not a, it's not a award contender by any means. It's just more of a, hey, here's a thing adults could go see at some point. So, yeah, that's this is where I leave you. Gotcha. <sighs> I also saw Whiplash, but we'll get to that another time. <laughs> we'll have to get to that another time. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that. No quickies. Jim? Let's move on now. Let's get to our movie trailer talk where each week we can discuss one of the new movie trailers that have recently come out and when they're coming out and what we thought about them and what have you. And this week we're talking about men, women, and or children? No, it's just dance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ampersand. <laughs> this is the new film from Jason Reitman who decided, hey, Labor Day was probably not good. I should make another movie and have it out in the same year. I think that was the logic. Um, it features a host of people, actually. Um Adam Sandler, Jennifer Garner, Emma Thompson, Judy Greer, Dean Norris of Breaking Bad fame, and Ansel Elgort of The Fault in Our Stars. That's just a fun name to say. Yeah. Ansel Elgort. You really want to pronounce that Elgort. He's from the 15th century. He's, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, also, J.K. Simmons, Rosemary DeWitt. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the new film from Jason Reitman. It seems like it's. it looks like an examination of uh, kind of technology and social media in today's culture. Um combined with what that does to people's relationships with one another uh, from various perspectives. And with all that said, let's start with Jordan. Jordan, what do you think of the trailer for Men, Women, and Children? Yeah, so I actually saw this one uh, right before Walk Among the Tombstones, which I thought was an odd matchup for trailer. But <laughs> um, to me, it seems kind of exactly like what you were saying for This Is Where I Leave You, where there's a ton of people in it. And when you get a movie with that many people in it, it's hard to organize everything in a way that's efficient for movie making, but also that makes a good movie. And that's kind of the sense that I got from the trailer. It definitely had some, I guess, interesting aspects to it from my standpoint, but it just, yeah, it just seemed like there were too many people in it for me. Uh, and I also thought that some of the, just some of the characters like Jennifer Garner's character was just so far extreme. 
like just the mom who's like, okay, now let me see your phone and just going through every single one of that girl's interactions online. Right. It's like, that's not something that really, I mean, sure, there's people like that out there, but that's not something that really that many people can relate to. That's just so, that's just such an extreme version of something. So I don't know. That was my opinion of it. It looks interesting. If it started getting some good reviews, I might check it out, but it looks like kind of a hodgepodge of, looks a little messy, I guess is the easiest way to put it. Are you a Jason Reitman fan? Uh, not particularly. Like a, I don't think I'm familiar with too many of his films. Yeah, but like Juno and Up in the Air and uh, Labor Day. Juno, Labor Day. Like, up you. in the Air, I never saw. I need Did to he do Thank more. You for Smoking? Thank You for Smoking, yeah. Yeah, yeah I never saw that one either. That's a good one. Recommend it. Abe? Uh, these types of movies kind of depress me, um, primarily because of it, it kind of brings to light the, the darkness that kind of is all throughout our lives um, with technology and texting and and social networking and the way that you appear online. You, you call that darkness? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, there was like another film that, that I thought of. I can't remember. Is it Disconnect? Disconnect from last year with Jason Bateman. Yeah. Um, and that stuff kind of just, it, uh, yeah, it, it kind of makes me sad just to, you know, whenever someone gets cyberbullied to the point where um, he's going to get put on blast at his high school or whatever and, and then people starting affairs and relationships just because they can't really communicate that well or they never really wanted to be in a relationship in the first place. But for the most part, uh, I do think that it looks very busy. Um, there are a lot of people in here. And also Ansel El- Elgort and um, I think uh, her face is uh, Caitlin Deaver. Yeah. Those people are like in a lot of teen, teen movies this year alone uh, and last year. And they're just really taking over everything along with Chloe Grace Moretz. So... I kind of get their movies confused from time to time. It, it's kind of interesting that they're so popular. I but... have a weird aside about Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> right. right up her name. I was like scanning. I was just like cruising on channels. I, I was on HBO and I saw it. Big Mama's House Two was on, and not it has Chloe. That movie has Chloe Grace Moretz, Kat Dennings, and the boy from Looper. The oh, little the, kid. The little boy? The little boy from Looper. The Rainmaker? Yeah, the Rain, exactly. The Rainmaker. <laughs> I was like, wow. There's, I saw, like, I saw all three of them in the spin, like, the 30 second span of the movie that I, of Big Mama's House 2 that I watched. It's like, what's happening right now? Anyway, back, hey. back to this movie. Men, Women, and Children. Um, I'm kind of in between on this one. I, I, on the one hand, I am a big fan of Jason Reitman. Uh, I'll give him the Spider Man logic of everybody gets one, so I'll give him Labor Day. That's whatever. But every other one of his movies, I really enjoy quite a bit. And with that, I think he, in a lot of in his movies, he kind of he tends to have a kind of more stylized take on a world, um, which is I, you can kind of see that in, in Juno, especially because of the dialogue and whatnot. But even in Up in the Air, the way it's filmed, and Thank You for Smoking is a satire, obviously. So I mean, it's all those things I think contribute to how this movie plays out, where you're taking this kind of world of where it's social media, like it's it's pushed to the nth degree. At the same time. I wasn't a big fan of Disconnect last year, and the topic of this kind of movie of, like, look at, look at where we are right now, just kind of, I feel like I get the point of it in, like, a couple minutes, so I don't know if I, like, need an entire movie to explain to me, like, the, go really in-depth on the motif of, of technology and social media affecting today's culture. Like, I don't know how interesting that inherently is to me, so it kind of throws me, like, one way or the other, so I'm just more curious to see if it, if Jason Ryan can pull it off. He wrote and directed it. It's based off a novel, uh, apparently. And he, uh, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm more curious. I, li- I like that. It's nice that Adam Sandler's trying a drama again. That's a that's a, a nice change of pace after 
nobody sees nobody goes to see his dramas, <laughs> so he goes back to doing terrible movies. And yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I guess I, I'm in a big wait and see mode, but I, I'd like to be optimistic about it. So I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess I would say. And uh, yeah, so I guess uh, yeah, Men, Women, and Children opens October 17th. I'd imagine a limited release will probably spreads further from there at that point. And yeah, so that's that. Let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to let's do it, Abe. Here we go. Right. We're, we're, in, we're in the we're in the cage. Me, you, and Jordan. We're in the cage. We're rising up in the elevator, and we're gonna get to oh, our God, main. What's happening? Right, yeah, it's happening right now. Well, oh, I gotta God. throw up some water. <laughs> and we're getting to our main review of the Maze Runner. We don't belong here. Somebody built the maze. I think it's time we find out what we're really up against. You're not like the others. You're curious. What the hell is that? This is the first real clue you found. Who knows where this might lead us? It's a girl. Thomas. Everything started changing the moment you showed up. What if we were sent here for a reason? The doors aren't closing. They're here. That should have been some of the trailer for The Maze Runner. This is a new film based off a novel by, uh... Oh, I forgot the name. Josh, what is it? <laughs> Looking it up right now. James Dashner. James Dat Josh. James Dashner. Okay, start that over. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been some of the trailer for The Maze Runner. This is the new film based off the novel by James Rat Dashner. <laughs> uh, the film, it's set somewhere at some time. It focuses on a group of boys that have been placed into a mysterious environment surrounded by a giant maze. These kids have no memory of who they are with the exception of their own names. Our lead character, Thomas, with little desire to sit around, does what he can to find a way out of their strange prison, which involves exploring the maze with the other runners and staying away from the giant mechanical spiders that lurk within it. Jordan, what is your relationship with the with the book series, and what do you think of this film? So, uh, my relationship with the book series is one that I honestly just started it about a month ago. Um, it was one of those things where I've kind of been looking for some books to read, so in order to get ahead of some of the movies that are coming out, I decided to read Maze Runner and Gone Girl before their movies came out. Which, on the other hand, Gone Girl's an awesome book, so looking forward to that movie, but I digress. Uh, so Maze Runner, uh, read the book and absolutely fell in love with it. I'm, I kind of try to test out most young adult uh, novels, even though I'm a little bit over the age group. I find that they're just easy reads for me in the morning when I'm going to work and when I'm coming home after work. Um, I like most of them. I mean, Hunger Games is probably one of the better ones. Harry Potter, obviously, is probably the best one. Uh, read the Divergent series, and that was more or less I liked it. There's some issues with it, though. Um, but the Maze Runner is quickly becoming one of my favorites. So I basically powered through the books, or a couple of the books. I'm on the third one right now. How many books are there? Uh, so I think there's – I haven't been able to figure that out. I think there's three uh, trilogy ones, and then I think that there's a fourth one that's a prequel. Ah, okay. That's my understanding of it. Um, so I think I'm like on the last one of the trilogy. I don't know. So, but I'll read the prequel as well eventually. Um, so yeah. And it's just, it's one of those series that you kind of worry after the first one is so good. Like, Oh, this is going to go downhill. Cause he's just trying to milk it. Uh, and I thought the second one was just as good as the first. And the third one is still really good. Um, the third one is a lot different than the first two kind of like with the hunger Games series, but, uh, it's still really good for what it is. Um, so I was, to be honest, I was kind of nervous going in the movie because I feel like for some reason, the only movie I could think about was like the Mortal Instruments movie. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't read that series or even see the movie. I just know how terrible it turned out. 
And I was really nervous that this was going to be kind of that scenario. But um, I just think it, it, the movie did a really good job at capturing the book. Um, I know that some of the issues that like mainstream critics are having with it uh, are kind of same, kind of some of the same issues that people have with the book. Um, more or less, it's basically page for page what the book is, except for a few small changes here and there. Um, even the ending is basically like the ending of the movie is essentially exactly where the book ends. Um, so I thought in that regard, sometimes, I mean, that's how adaptations live or survive, live or survive with their fans, uh, is basically the accuracy. Um, so in that regards, it did a good job and everything that it changed, I think, um, was a decent change. There's some elements, uh, in Dashner's books that are kind of a lot more fantasy based. Uh, especially like how they escape the maze or anything like that, uh, any opportunity they have. Um, so the changes to the story in that sense, where they kind of make it a little bit more based in reality, uh, I approved of. But yeah, I thought it was a really well done movie, and I, I use the term in my review is kind of it's kind of one of my quiet favorites of uh, this year so far, and I could see it growing on me with the months to come. All right. Abe, you yeah. uh, you have not read these books. I have not. You didn't know there were sequels. I clearly didn't know there were there were three or what, more. What, what did you think of the film The Maze Runner? Uh, so I thought that the film was actually pretty solid. I thought that the direction was really good. The visual effects were good, especially like the, the busted up guts from the, um, I don't know. The Grievers? The, yeah, mechanical tarantula Grievers. Uh, the acting was pretty good, too. I thought that there was a lot of uh, good acting from the, the child actors um, and from the adults. The adults kind of come on just on screen. Um, but there was a lot of intrigue in the story. And the way that they kept on enticing you to want to learn more and they fed you bits and pieces without having you go blank like something like Divergent, where, again, we talked about they didn't, they never talked about what's beyond the fence. They only worked on what was inside. And finally, at the end of the film, they kind of, bring that up very slightly just to tease you into the next ones but for this i kept on thinking what is beyond the maze hope you're not afraid of heights let's go come on this is all we got what's out there we only have three rules first do your part second never harm another glader most importantly Never go beyond those walls. You know, and then, you know, you have you have folks like Minho, who is one of the runners, and um, you find out later, uh, you know, that they go through and they try and map the, the, the maze as much as they can. And that brought a lot of injury because that leads them to more plot development. But for the most part, I thought that it was really solid just because they didn't really take things... Um, they didn't take an easy way out, which is uh, perhaps toning the film down so that it could be more uh, approachable for all sorts of audiences. If this is true to the books, then I'm sure that the books uh, are something that also have this level of violence and this level of, uh, you know, like death. Seriousness. Yeah, serious. Exactly. Like these darker tones to it. And that I pretty much appreciated. So I thought that was a really solid effort. And this is like our first time directed from West Ball as well, which 
kind of blew me out of the water. I was like, I mean, wow. yeah, he's had a lot of kind of visual effects and art right. production experience. But yeah, for, for a first-time director, I agree. Um, this is the part where I say that Abe and I do not discuss what we think of these movies no, beforehand just to keep us surprised between each reviews. other. Yeah, so it is... It, it's it's fun to say, yeah, I liked it too. It, it unfortunately means that we don't have a dissenting opinion in this conversation uh, <laughs> that we can further debate the quality of this movie with. But at the same that's time, our, that's our other podcast that's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, it's called <laughs> Dissenters with Aaron and Abe. Um, but yeah, I, I dug this movie quite a bit. I think, and in fact, I would say like the first like five minutes that cold open of the film is like some of the best like action filmmaking I've seen like this year in terms of kind of setting up a mystery, like adventure filmmaking, I guess, in certain terms of like setting up mystery intrigue, making you very disoriented, getting you like into like this crazy reality that you don't understand. Like, I think this just absolutely fantastic. The rest of the movie, pretty good too. Um, I, I was quite surprised actually. I didn't think I was going to hate this movie by any means, but I certainly didn't know how much I would appreciate it. And while I wouldn't say it's like up to par necessarily with something like, the like catching fire or something like that are you know, like the better Harry Potter movies. I would say it's certainly a solid entry in this kind of YA film adaptation world, mainly because the, the kind of world building where it doesn't take an hour for you to understand like what's going on and before it like throws you into the, the chaos of everything. It just kind of throws you right in right from the beginning. And there's kind of expository moments, obviously just because you need some kind of understanding of what's going on, but it keeps you keeps moving. The plot does the plot rarely stops um, the, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of action in here. Uh, Westball, who's, you know, had visual effects experience. He, do, he, he shows a good talent for how to portray action on screen as far as kind of running crazily through mazes go. And, um, as far as the actors go, like they, I, I wouldn't say these, these characters are the most well-defined with the exception of like a couple, but I still appreciated a lot of what at least like three of them were giving. Like, cause I like the lead. I like Thomas quite a bit. He 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 walks the line between being bland action guy and someone I care about. But for the most part, I like this like crazy running style where his just arms are flailing because it seemed like he was actually in danger. That was the impression I got. So I'm like, good on you. <laughs> you, you. You look like there's things chasing you in the world where I know it's nothing but green screens around you. You actually look like you're being chased by a mechanical spider. So good job. Um, he's the next Tom Cruise sprinter, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's he's in the camp. Well, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise sprinting. His arms are like he doesn't flail. His arms are very like focused and straight. They're so he, very like, rigid. Yeah, exactly. So he, he has a, he and like Robert Patrick T one thousand. Like they they're they're in their own category oh. of runners. But in terms of like like balls out like crazy running like as if like a guy with a chainsaw is chasing you. That's the kind of running that I see expect to see. So <laughs> <laughs> that's our other podcast, uh, running opinions of <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> We're reviewing uh, the A6 GT2000 next time. Um, I like uh, I like Will Poulter as an actor. In this film, he was really annoying to me, <laughs> just because he, because he he's the guy that's kind of naysaying everything, even though he's like the big tough guy. He's just like, we got to stay in the maze, guys. Everything bad's happening because Thomas showed like is that kind of character where it's like, all right, guy, like what <laughs> what you want to get out, you want to stay back. I understand the purpose of his character, but it's like, oh, okay. Uh, beyond these like minor opinions on characters, though, I, I like this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a fun boys' adventure film, um, and it impressed me more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I think it's one of those that I mean, the novels themselves as well. They avoid while there are some of those YA cliches in there. Uh, I think it avoids a lot of the typical cliches that we're used to, and that I think a lot of people complain about, like uh, like having a romance for no reason. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, there's I'm two and a half books in and there is hardly any romance. I mean, there's female characters. Yes. 
Um, but it's nice to see that they're actually concentrating on the end of the world rather than their loins. <laughs> it's yeah, like so yeah, like a female does come in this movie, like this this you know giant group of boys. There's like one girl like is thrown into the mix, and while that character basically does nothing, it was also nice to see like at at the same time to complain about how thin that person was. In terms of character, not body size, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, like, I'm also happy to not complain that there's like just a romance or a tr- love triangle thrown in for no reason. Like it's just right. like, no, yeah, here's another person. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Would you guys think of the the adult uh, action or the adult actors slash the adult themes in the film of um, I guess what the world has come to? I would say I. <laughs> Without going too yeah, far speaking into it, generalities. I, I would say that I wasn't surprised by what the reveal is of like what was going on exactly. I'd say I've I've seen elements of that in other things, and I kind of had an assumption of where why things were happening the way they were, not like down to the you know to the T of exactly. But I mean, I I wasn't like it didn't blow my mind that this is the reason that this maze and these people exist in there. But at the same time, I was still. I was I was intrigued enough to want to you know know more about it and the person they have to kind of explain things was like oh that's that person all right that's neat yeah it was one of those things that the ending and the I mean you get a lot thrown of you uh, at the ending of this movie uh, similar to the book you're kind of reading the book and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god like all these things are being thrown at you as far as kind of reveals and i think the movie did a really good job for a second i thought the movie was going to falter at the end i don't remember like exactly what scene it was or anything but i just remember sitting there and being like oh they're gonna mess this up they're gonna mess this up and they pulled it off pretty well like especially when compared to the book i had it visioned in my head a little bit differently but for the most part they handled the ending well and I think overall the intrigue for me for this movie is I don't know if you guys ever saw Lost, but the oh, whole I watched, series, yeah, I watched Lost, yeah, yeah, the whole series just kind of reminds me uh, a lot of Lost, and this movie reminds me a lot of Lost, where it's just kind of compounding mysteries to the point where you just have all these questions, and I mean some are answered in this movie, some will be answered in I think the sequel is just announced today. Yep. Um, oh, nice. I mean. They're just compounding mysteries, and having read the books, uh, a lot of those have been answered, which is nice. Uh, it still remains to be seen if the book ends, or the series ends on a high note. Um, but yeah, it just really reminded me of Lost. I almost want like a, I hope next time when they open the film, it'll be like a previously on Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> more more movies should have that in their sequels. <laughs> they really I, I hope, should. I yeah. hope Avengers Age of Ultron has clips from every other Marvel movie. <laughs> Um, the first hope, 30 minutes is previously in yeah. Marvel Universe. <laughs> or previously, yeah, no, it's just like, it's Robert Downey Jr. doing like his kiss kiss bang bang narration as he recaps the movies from before. Maybe amazing, like yeah. all of the movies. Abe, that would be amazing. You're right. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, um, I want to talk. I want to talk about the kind of the you were mentioning the the sequel aspect and the kind of yeah. the, where the film kind of leads off into it. I would say, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the film falters, but it certainly was less exciting for me in the last five minutes when it was doing the kind of obligatory sequel setup stuff. I understand yeah. that that's kind of a requirement to an extent, but there is a point where the movie could have ended where not necessarily that it makes it better, but there's a point where I thought it was going to end. And I was like, all right, that was pretty good. And then it was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Now we get more of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But, so about stuff. that too. Um, so one of the things that I, I, again, I didn't know that there was uh, more to this. So I thought it was all encapsulated in one. 
So when they finally got some understanding These of what the maze was... These teenagers taught you nothing, apparently, by yeah, the way, that you were talking really to after the movie. <laughs> they, uh, I was kind of disappointed, and then I realized, oh, right, there's more to it. Um, and then there was became some intriguing stuff with some of the adults and some of the motivations behind it and some of the video play that they that they have there. But for the most part, it was kind of a bummer that they had they had to set up for the second stuff. Because um, I, I think that what you're talking about, Aaron, is when they're just looking at uh, a door... Yeah, and then and then you know somebody shows up from behind or something. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that would have been a cool way to end it uh, because I would have. That's a way to end it. Again, I wouldn't say I would have loved that ending, but at the same time, I'd be like, all right, it's wrapped up. It's nice. (laughs) Like I just no, I see. I I did know that there were sequels to the book. I don't know where they'll go exactly. Or if there's like a bigger maze or something that I don't know about, but um, we'll find out, I guess. But, but right, that'd be the so agreed. It's like this is a maze again, but it's upside down. What? <laughs> um, also, it's emerging of franchises where they run into the Hunger Games crew. Yeah, the maze, the maze is slowly building with water. That's what it is. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say you mentioned, or we mentioned that the yeah, sequel was announced. Uh, this movie did make 30, 32 mil. And chains this weekend, which is pretty solid, given that the movie only cost thirty million to make. Right. Um, granted, there's like advertising and whatnot, but for a movie to you know make its budget back in one weekend, that's pretty good, especially for a movie like this. And that's something I admired about it. I like I like that it's a fairly cheap movie. Uh, while while I I mean the the effects look like effects. I won't say that I was ever like thinking, man, they're really in a giant maze right now. But at the same time, I thought they were you know convincing enough for what they had to do, given that it's a fairly small scale movie. I mean. In terms of the scope of the plot and the story and the maze, that's large. But in terms of what they had to work with to make this come together, I like that it, they didn't like throw a hundred million dollars at this and hope that it worked. They threw a yeah. reasonable budget at it and made it work. Like, and that's a lot of times that works the best, especially for like a rookie director where you're given only so many resources, so you don't you're not overwhelmed, and then you have a three-hour Transformers movie. You have only so much to work with, and you get out what you can. And I think it did a good job of that. I do. I think that the you know the action, as I said, is done well. I think there's enough kind of the visual aesthetic of this film would be that the the glade is that the that's called the, the yeah they call the, the glade the glade yeah. and the you know the forest stuff like it's it it works it works for this movie it makes it it it, it feels like um you know in this world as best that they can do even if the kind of the dark spider fighting scenes are in at night and you know yeah. not necessarily the most easy to decipher to decipher I felt like there was still a level of tension there and I thought that all added that all made it I a, very a much fairly immersive that. experience. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I forgive that really because it, because the storyline was so intriguing. I was like, oh, well, this is just something that will take me to the next level of understanding what this maze is, how they can conquer it, and whatever else. So I was, I was okay with it. Uh, but I do agree with you that hey, look, the budget would is a little bit on the lower end, and they can't they can't make you you know see these beautiful giant battles or whatever else. But I mean, I like again Dylan O'Brien's crazy arms as he's running around. Like I, love, for I love how like Minho's like, don't look back, but you see him look back every time. I mean, I don't like, know how I'd react in that situation. Giant spider chasing me. Am I gonna run? Am I gonna look around or am I gonna keep running forward? I, I don't know. <laughs> what What's also really cool, just this is box office talk, is uh, all the three movies that came out this weekend, um, or the top three at least. And this is where I leave you: Walk Among Tomb Sons and Maze Runner. They're all kind of low budgeted. And they all kind of did fairly well for their low budgets, which I thought was uh, pretty neat. Oh, yeah, none of, them, none of them really require. I mean, Maze Runner, yeah, is the biggest spectacle film. I think that's right. the most praiseworthy in that respect. But yeah, this is where I leave you. That's just that's more cooping the uh, the actor salaries and like the one location they use for the, <laughs> a <laughs> and house. Walk, and walk among the tombstones, like yeah, Neeson walks around New York a lot. 
Tusk bombed, by the way, Kevin Smith's Tusk, that which was also had a you know a fairly wide release for what it is. It didn't yeah. did not do very well, uh, which is not surprising necessarily given the subject of the movie, let alone the lack of marketing for it because of the kind of movie it is. But yeah, it, it's I mean it's people like, love Jesson Long though. You'd think that, but it's like in the 14th <laughs> place or something like that. Yeah. It's intriguing yeah. to me that none of these movies moved to that first week of September. Yeah. When yeah. There was like not a single, the only wide release was the identical, which I never <laughs> even saw a trailer for. So I was like, I'm just not even going to go see it. And like, I don't know. I'm thinking like a Liam Neeson movie on a weekend all by itself would have done sweet. Or this movie. Well. Like this movie did well for what it did, but I mean... Yeah, exactly. Like the first week, I'm, not, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it wasn't Labor Day. Actually, Maze Runner. Like it seems like a big enough kind. Would have been a big yeah. enough kind of movie where it would have you know had like a three day weekend mixed with the popularity of a yeah, of a YA novel, novel and the right. fact that you know kids that are back in school or going back to school have a have a day off. Like the Maze Runner would have been a <laughs> good movie to have. I that guess week. everyone's going to the lake though. You know, last vacation of the everyone. Yeah, everyone's going to that lake. Yep, <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. We'll go with that, Blake Minnesota. <laughs> it's in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, I like this cast for the most, ter- not just like that, but in terms of like, hey, there's, you know, there's, we got a black guy, we got an Asian guy, we got, we got a lot of, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, very diverse. And it's I, it's I mostly white people, but it's, it's, it's fairly but, hey, diverse. It's fairly they, diverse. They, you know, they, they did a pretty good job, you know, not having these people as side characters or, you know, people who are, you know, impartial to their to the storyline. I mean, Will Poulter, Albie is the leader. Albie's the leader. Will Poulter, Minho is like the lead runner. Yeah, Minho is and, essentially the the secondary lead in this movie. I mean, in yeah. terms of what he accomplishes. I mean, he's, Chuck is like you know some seven year old on the screen. Shuffle, he, shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's all I could think about. Uh, I wish he would have done somewhere. it just once. Right. It's like, guys, wait, look at this. <laughs> he has, he has the trouble shuffle. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah, I think I mean from a perspective of uh, someone who's read the books, the the casting was honestly probably one of the parts I was most impressed with. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, with the movie, especially Thomas. Like I'd never heard of that kid before, and I'm always worried with kind of younger adult uh, adaptations. The person they choose to lead it. Obviously, I mean, Hunger Games worked out pretty well for everyone, but I think there's a few others where they pick the wrong person, but. Uh, this guy's Thomas Dylan O'Brien did really well, and really everyone else is pretty much exactly how I imagined them in my head. Uh, I remember I was a little shocked to see Mino, because um, in the book they kind of make him out to be a little bit beefier, but the the guy I warmed to him and he did a good job as well. So I I thought everyone did a pretty good job. Will Poulter, I agree. I think they I liked how in this movie they kind of made him seem less of a villain a little bit in the book it kind of is less shades of gray i like how the movie they add kind of some argument to his yeah. actions well that's good to know yeah because uh, yeah because yeah. he brings up some pretty good points too of like hey look guys it, you know we don't know what's out there we've been here but it's working because we have these rules we have these laws it doesn't want to rock the boat like i understand the perspective yeah it's just you yeah. know he gets to points where it's like okay i i mean we left and you're still like being the dick like what are you doing <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a movie with Jennifer Aniston, damn it. <laughs> Got to make out with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, and seeing TLC Waterfalls. Both of those <laughs> things are worth praising. <laughs> he's a big right. guy, too. Like, I've seen him in real life, and even in this movie, they he's, really... Yeah, they, he, looks, he looks really tall. He's, he is. He's like he's a good, like, 6'3 or 6'4. He's like a tall... He's a tall guy. Because he's towered over everybody in the movie. Yeah. 
Even the spiders. I don't know. Where they, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, 66 too, apparently. All right. Yeah. Not Thanks, bad. IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we've discussed thoroughly our thoughts on the Maze Runner. And uh, with that, let's get to our rating for the film. Jordan, each week on Out Now, Fair Internet, we try to ask people, when should people go and see this movie? I would, I mean, I would go see it right now. September is a kind of a dull month right now, and there's really not much else better. I mean, out of the three movies I've seen in September right now, I would go see The Maze Runner again. Abe? Or you go see Guardians uh, of the Galaxy again and then go see Maze Runner. Yeah, see, we've done that enough. Like, <laughs> I think Aaron and I have combined have seen it like seven times. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abe, your thoughts? Uh, I definitely would say probably go see this during a, a dollar theater, kind of matinee showing. Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I mean, I, I think if you want just like a fun action movie that, you you know, you've seen Guardians enough, <laughs> as we've established, uh, this is a fun movie to go see in theaters. Uh, matinee, chilling, sure, why not? But yeah. <laughs> would you say, Abe, would you say that you were, you liked it more than you expected? Yeah, I did. I, because, again, we've seen this string of YA stuff where it's, yeah, the, like, the love interest is ridiculous. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the storyline is overly ridiculous of these people all of a sudden are uh they realize that they're in this world to survive and they at 15 become the strongest person alive yeah <laughs> basically yeah yeah well, they're the chosen one of course yeah i guess <laughs> yeah no i i agree i do think it was uh a, 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 somewhat of a surprise just because i again i didn't think it was gonna be horrible but i i, I wasn't expecting to be entertained as much as i was by it. me i saw a friend of the show scott mendelson we high-fived during watching it it was great <laughs> 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 I mean, again, I wasn't really surprised, but I was I was just super amazed by the intrigue of what this was, and um, that really kept me going. I mean, that gets a lot of points. Yeah. All right. So I would let's... put an addendum on it. It's one of those things that if you're if you read the books and you're a fan, it's definitely one of the better adaptations of the book. If you haven't read the books and you don't know much about it, like you guys said, it's worth like a matinee check out. See if it's your type of thing. Well, it's good to know for people that, you know, are fans of this book series that they, you know, got a movie that actually resembles that. But, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, I think, I feel like the Hunger Games actually do a pretty good job of representing the books that they come from. And even, yeah. I, but, yeah. but regardless, uh, in terms of the ones that I've read, yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. But in terms of, yeah, this, <laughs> in terms of this movie, good. I'm glad, I'm glad that people that read the book will be, you know, satisfied. Thumbs up. Hopefully. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to movie callback. Call back, call back, call back. This is where we mentioned a few films that we might have thought of during or after the main movie of the week. Jordan, you already mentioned Lost, but were there any other movies or anything that you might have thought of while you're watching Maze Runner? Uh, I mean, obviously the Hunger Games, there's always kind of comparisons going through my head with these other... You kind of start comparing to the first... I don't know. It's kind of like for me, whenever I see a new origin of a new superhero, it's like, well, how did this compare to... Uh, this superhero's first movie, like Man of Steel, the Batman Begins type thing. So for me, I was comparing a lot to the first Hunger Games uh, and Lost. So essentially those two are the only ones that I can think of. Cool. Abe? I certainly thought of Lost 2 during the film, but uh, I also thought of uh, Hook and also uh, the novel Lord of the Flies. I kept on looking for the piggy character, um, although there really wasn't one. So Lord of the Flies. Chuck. (laughs) He didn't have glasses and he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like. His tail wasn't curly enough. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Lord of the Flies came to mind. Lost came to mind. Uh, Hunger Games, obviously. I also thought of After Earth, actually. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think because it's like a it's a it's a better version of this kind of boys' adventure story. Like it's the kind of movie you know where more teenagers, teenage boys, I think would you know kind of respond to a movie like like if you yeah. if me and if me and you were like thirteen watching this movie, we'd probably dig it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I feel like I that. feel like After Earth was trying to go for that idea as well, and it just didn't pull it off all their way. But that, that's that fifteen year old that is becoming a superpower warrior. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's, like he's becoming the chosen one with no fear. Yeah. I'm a ranger. <laughs> Seth. And I thought of the old show, The Prisoner. Actually, that show with Patrick McGowan. It's a uh, this guy's trapped in this kind of in, in this intense sci-fi world. And there's giant bubbles. It's weird. It's a weird show. Okay. It's it's lost from the '60s, basically. They remade it actually uh, with uh, I think uh, Jesus himself, JC Jim Caviezel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's G- like JC? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Abe. Can we what start calling him that throughout the show? What do you think, WWJD? <laughs> well, yeah. What would you, what would Jim Caviezel do? What would Jim Caviezel do? <laughs> He'd make a TV show. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be like, oh, I got deja vu. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's get let's get to our sponsor this week. Each weekend out now, Fair and Abe. We um, are brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.audibletrial.com. Audible, Audible podcast. You can go there. You can download an audiobook. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from. You can go to, as I said, Audibletrial.com. podcast and download a free audiobook. I have a book to recommend. It's called a Little Thing Called The Maze Runner. You might have heard of it. It's by James Dashner. When Thomas wakes up in the lift, the only thing he remembers is his first name. His memory is blank, but he's not alone. When the lift's doors open, Thomas finds himself surrounded by kids who welcome him to the Glade, a large open expanse surrounded by stone walls. You might have heard of this movie. You might have heard of this book. But you can download it for free on Audible at audibletry.com slash outnowpodcast. You can download that book. You can check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you can keep the book that you downloaded for free anyway. So there you go. Be a winner. Read or listen. Yay. All right. That's out of the way. That's done, guys. We're done yeah. with that. That's We're done. We're Thanks, moving Audible. On. Yeah. Let's get, let's get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback! This is, of course, where we go over the various questions and answers that we received on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where we answer, we asked many questions and our listeners gave us responses. And we also asked for questions, and we got some of those, so we'll answer those on the show as well. Uh, Jordan, feel free to answer any of these questions that we throw out there as well, just, you know, because why not? Will do. And uh, here we go. Here's the first one. With the Maze Runner opening this weekend, what are some of your favorite movies featuring characters trapped in an environment? April has, you know, mine is The Hunger Games. She also asked, what about Jumanji? Which I kind of said no, because you're kind of not really trapped. Like, the guy's trapped, but he gets it. You don't really see that in Well, you have to roll a six to get out of the game. Come on, Aaron. They're trapped well, in the game. Well, you have to finish the game to get out of the game. Uh, you're trapped in the game. But, I mean, Robin Williams is trapped inside inside the game. and he was. <laughs> but you don't really see that. You just see him escape from that eventually after years. And uh, then she sets face off, which actually is pretty cool because of the, the prison. <laughs> yeah, the floating prison. Right? The floating prison. <laughs> Uh, which is, I forget the name of it, but it's like an anagram for nowhere. Um, I remember that. I'm going to look it up. I'll shut it out whenever I find it. All right. Uh, Jason has Beetlejuice, which I thought was a great, clever answer, actually. Cause they're trying that is to pretty clever. House. That's a good answer. Uh, Shelly has The Shining. Uh, Kara has Alive with Ethan Hawke. She also says Cube, the first one. He has Cheese Horror, but I dig it. Uh, Philip has Apollo 13 and The Raid Redemption. Both wonderful choices. Uh, Tyler has Saw. He has it in all caps, so I said it. Saw. That's how you say Saw. And Justin has for, uh, Just Saw Gravity. That was pretty good. Castaway and Jurassic Park. Justin has some good answers there. Yeah, the first good. one that came to my mind was Gravity as well. Like, man, yeah. that, would, that would not be pleasant. For some reason, I always think of Cube, and I don't even like Cube. But like, I feel like someone trapped is that the one with... That's not the one with Jennifer Aniston. Is it? Or, I'm sorry, Jennifer... 
I'm going to say no, it's because it has no stars in it, but what are you thinking of? The What's the one with the... Oh, my gosh. Never mind. Jenny from, the, Jenny from the Black Girl and... Um, Jenny from Lopez? Yeah. And, and, and Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes. The, the Cell. <laughs> Yeah, you're just you're all thumbs today, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jenny yeah. from the Block Girl and Guy from Men in Black. <laughs> Those are what you had. I knew the movies. <laughs> the Cell, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> Jordan, any thoughts? Yeah, I think Gravity and the Raid came to mind, but one that I'm thinking of now, which I mean, I pretty much always see if this is a uh, movie that fits into any favorite list. Is would Inception count? Sure. Trapped in, yeah. dreams, in dreams of Luke. Okay, then Inception by far. Some, some of them are trapped for much longer than you, you'd hope. Yeah, exactly. Centuries. Ages. On this same subject, did anyone ever see uh, Burial? Is that one with Ryan Reynolds, I think? Oh, Buried. Buried. Yeah. Buried. Yes, I did see that. It's, I never saw it. I was just curious, a, I guess. It's, it's, a, it's, okay. it's a good stylish exercise. I think yeah, there's Ryan a, Reynolds does really good small independent movies that people don't really yeah. see, like Buried like, and The Nines. I like him, yeah. I like him much more as a as a dramatic actor than I do. Yeah, as, you as, should as go see much. those instead of going to see, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I mean, I don't think anyone walked in there thinking, man, I can't wait for Ryan Reynolds in this movie, but... <laughs> Yeah. Green Lantern, I think, is a better example. Than, but... <laughs> there you go, yeah, Green Lantern, where he's actually starring it. Yeah, all right. Uh, the next question we had, uh, anyone have stories, personal or otherwise, about running? And we also mentioned that Aaron and I, we used to run track together, so there you True. go. True. Yes. <laughs> William writes, uh, running makes my lungs hurt. It's also a pain in the ass trying to smoke a cigarette while running. So he's Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> he did run, though. Ron Burgundy didn't stop. He made yeah, it back. No, he, made he ran, it... and then he, like, he... He wasn't in time to stop to stop Corningstone from reading his news, but I mean, he did run. He, like, pushed people out of the way and everything. Indeed. Um, Shailen writes, Run DMC were the best. That's, That's... a great answer. <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then Kara writes, uh, Only run when chased, which is, you know, it's not bad. That's a good reason to run. And uh, Philip writes, When I was on deployment in Okinawa, there was this anonymous dude who would run wearing a flak jacket, gas mask, and carrying a sledgehammer. Or something. It was weird. I want to hear more of Philip's stories about I, him I being deployed in Okinawa. Yeah. I was like, is this a true story? <laughs> yes, it's a true story. It must be a true story. It has to be. I want to know more about this deployment. It reminds me of like my Bloody Valentine 3D. I, I didn't think that at all, but it does want me to hear more about Japan. What, what did that remind you about Bloody Valentine 3? Oh, because of the, the gas, gas mask. mask. Because, of that, because of his actual story. Not the not the tiny detail that he was in Japan while he's no. seeing this. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have any stories about running, Jordan? You're an active guy, actually. I'm, I'm aware of this. I am. Uh, I don't know. Not about running, really. I remember when I was younger, I uh, got chased by a firework on, like, the 4th of July. And my dad says that's the fastest he's ever seen me run. So, yeah, it was like a heat-seeking firework, apparently. I have no idea, but that thing was tracking me down. All right. I lived, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Well, next time we have a movie about, like, waterfalls or something, we'll talk about those stories that you might have. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. What are your favorite films about people that have lost their memory or their identity? Uh, Maria has Born Identity, but I have to say the book, not the movie. Louise has Memento. I have to go with the others as well. Ryan has The Born Identity. Uh, and I think Ryan actually had a birthday, like, a couple weeks ago or something. So happy birthday, Ryan. Uh, Philip has Pan's Labyrinth and Moon. Joe has Fight Club. Steven has Flowers for Algernon. And William has Memento again. So there we go. 
Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Which one that came to my mind was Memento. Yeah, Memento seems like the obvious pick. Memento and Fight Club are ones that came to mind. Flowers for Algernon is just really sad. Like, that's a a sad story. Actually, the moment I wrote Identity, I thought of the film Identity. So, there you go. With John Cusack. Cusack and Leota. Yeah. And uh, and Jake. Favorite favorite quote from that movie? Whores don't get second chances. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a ridiculous line. Said by the best best character. Yeah. I like Identity quite a bit. Like I, I, I really like that movie. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fun like mainstream version of like an indie idea. <laughs> yeah. Move All on. right. So questions we had from uh, listeners, people uh, such as you. Yes, you listening right now. Scott writes us. Uh, where's my <laughs> other sock? Uh, where's Scott, Scott's I have to sock? tell you that it's probably in the laundry. Yeah. The laundry monster ate it. The laundry monster. I think that's okay. in Monster House actually. Oh yeah, we should watch that during Christmas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Scott, just check the check the back of your laundry. You might be able to find it there. Yeah. It's these serious questions that really make our podcast shine. I think. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I mean, this is a legitimate question. He's very concerned about his sock. Yeah. Speaking of legitimate questions. There, yeah. Right? That's what we like to do on this. That's why we like getting iTunes reviews and ratings. I think all we do is try to give and help, and so we figure, why not give back? That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> what if we spend a lot of money on those socks, like the gold toe socks? I have some gold toe socks. Those are I expensive those socks. socks. Those are nice. They, they, there's a reason they're nice socks. Yeah. yeah they, not... they absorb your sweat. That's part of it. All right. They also, you know, take your shoes off and people look down like, you know what? Nice socks, guy. And then you get a promotion. <laughs> That's what happens. True story. True story. There you go. I need to hear more of that. No, we got to hear more about Okinawa right. first. So that's next week's podcast or whenever we get around to it. Speaking of Okinawa, Philip has a question. Has an adapt? That was a great segue. I nailed that one, by the way. Um, yeah. has, has an adaptation ever inspired you to go out and read the novel? If so, what's a good one? That's a good question. I like that one. Yeah, I do like that too. I mean, an I adaptation, have... something that you brought up recently, Aaron, was um, the Unbreakable trailer. And then you said the book was really good. So I bought the book. Oh, and Unbroken. I'm, I'm reading, yeah, Unbroken. Yeah. yeah. And I'm reading the book right now. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, Fight Club is actually my example. I, I mean, Fight Club's obviously, but I announced it as my <laughs> de facto favorite movie that I, you know, move around. Um, and I, I saw that movie before I read the book, and I read the book because I was, you know, love the movie so much, and I love the book just as much. <laughs> Great. I would say for me, uh, trailers usually get me enough. I'm a little bit of a trailer whore sometimes, so. Sometimes they get me to get into the series enough, like Maze Runner and Gone Girl and stuff. But I think the most recent one that comes to mind as far as one that I started watching first before I read the book was probably Game of Thrones. But that's a beast of a series to be like, I think I'm going to go read that. Well, you know what they say, Jordan. Trailer horse don't get a second chance. I know, yeah, go, I, see, go see Identity, people, so you can know what we're talking about. That's certainly a factor. I mean, trailers or, you know, just the announcement of certain movies make you think, hmm, maybe I should go read that book before yeah. I go see the movie. Uh, if I had more time, if I had more time, I would have read Gone Girl at this point, but I didn't. Yeah, if I had more time, I would have read Alexander and the No Good, Horrible, Terrible, Very Bad Day. Yeah, that'll take, that'll take, you, that'll take you like four months, probably, because it's a big book. That is, yeah, that's <laughs> what I've been told. Written by Victor, I, th- I think it was written by Victor Hugo. That guy writes really long books. Yeah, and it, it took, I mean, Steinbeck's version of Where the Wild Things Are, that took me like 17 months to read. Holy crap. Uh, I gotta go see that. But do you have any, do you, do you, can you think of any examples of, like, a movie that you saw and then you read the book? Um, hmm. I know that there's a lot of them out there. Like, I have to say, uh... I have, like, a weird, it's not an example exactly, it's more of, 
I read Heart of Darkness, and then I saw Apocalypse Now, but I didn't realize the two were, you know, the same. <laughs> I didn't realize that Apocalypse Now used the narrative of the Heart of, the Heart of Darkness. Um, and so, like, watching the movie, I was like, wait a minute, there's a lot of familiar things going on here. Then there's, like, some exact lines of dialogue. It's like, okay, I, I see what you did. Good job, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> I said 20 years after that movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> you made the connections later in life. That's totally okay. Uh, hard for me to say. I'm, I'm like taking a look at these uh, list of books here. And... Did you see To Kill a Mockingbird and then read the book? Well, I mean, no, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Grape, grapes of Wrath and then read the book. <laughs> no. All right, we'll pass it. It's all right. Yeah. If you think of one, just shout it out, but don't reference what we're talking about. Just shout out a title, and I'll understand. I agree. Okay. It's our favorite way of doing things. Our <laughs> next question is from Mercedes. Uh, what modern film would be neat to see back in the day, like a retro remake? So, like, a movie so, where, like... It's a modern movie, but then they made it back in, like, the 20s? Well, say, something. like, it's a remake of a movie, but instead of, like, a remake of an old movie, it's a remake of a new movie from back then. Like, say you, say you like, remade Inception in the 1940s, that kind of thing. That'd be great. Actually, Humphrey. that's a cool idea. Actually, right there. That'd be I was going to say, there's my choice. <laughs> yeah. Humphrey Bogart? Just like, no, we have to. I can't do Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> See, my, mine would just, like, it would diverge into a James Cagney impression, so I can't do Bogart very <laughs> I would have, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but in the 19, like, 50s. So it'd just be, like, cardboard turtles. Pants. <laughs> no. It's actually just pillows in somebody's back. <laughs> they just, like, put rags on their faces. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I nailed it with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, that was pretty good. Exception yeah. in the 40s with, like, Humphrey Bogart <laughs> as Leonardo DiCaprio. It. It's just a dream. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. You'd have like you'd have Lauren Bacall as a uh, Marion Cotillard's character. You'd have like a really young, um, I don't even know who would play Alan Page. I don't, regardless, this is a good somebody. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Ernest Borgnine would be in there somewhere. That'd be great. It'd be kind of cool to see some of the newer James Bond films remade, like with Sean Connery. Even though I like, I really like Daniel Craig. I just think it'd be interesting to see what Sean Connery could have done with like a serious tone. Yeah, more serious. I mean. Yeah, well, you watch, like, you watch yeah, him now, serious. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, something like from what from Russia with Love has like very little camp in it. It's just more played. It's played like a Hitchcock film, really. But like yeah, Goldfinger certainly is more of like a an out and out Bond movie of what you kind of stereotypically think of as a Bond movie. Yeah. Let's let's, let's go like really let's look like really early, like something crazy, like really early. Like something, something so, like something now that you'd see like in the thirties, like something like visual effects extravaganza. Oh. Um... <laughs> Gravity. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Gravity, exactly. Yeah. Gravity with like Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> he's like walking on his side to put, make it look like he's in space. <laughs> I like this question. We'll come back to this. Yeah. Well, this, this will be like, like our, this, this is going like to be our, an ongoing question. Yeah. This will be a good one to think of. Yeah. All right. Last one. This one's from Matthew. He has <laughs> he has an important colon question. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. There you go. Which, which is yeah. the the book that I read after I saw the movie. Oh, I, I, I told you yeah. not to shout out what it was. Just... I know, but it just made sense for both questions. <laughs> this made sense for both questions, which I had to clarify which one yeah. I was going for. Okay, fair enough. I'll allow it. You're back next week. Thank you. Okay. Matthew has an important colon question. As people that listen to Out Now Fair and regularly know, we, I, I, Abe and I like to pronounce the punctuation in our movies because why not? Why not? Um, so, yeah, here he says, I have an important colon question and not the kind you asked your doctor. Thank you. 
he wrote thank you. He, he, he wrote, he wrote thank he, you. Ba- he basically wrote a look to the camera. That's what he looked. He wrote just a, break in the fourth wall. He wrote, he wrote a break in the fourth wall. Uh, he, he asked, <laughs> when episode seven comes closer, how will you say the title? In the actual logo for Star Wars film titles, no punctuation is used, but in newspaper articles, press releases, marquees, etc., colons are often inserted. So will you say Star Wars colon episode seven colon Revenge of Jar Jar Banks or whatever it might be called, or <laughs> Star Wars episode seven colon Revenge of Jar Jar Banks or something else entirely? That is an excellent, excellent, excellent Thank question. Thank you for this question, Matthew. And that we know that you're listening because you pay close attention. I will say that Abe, Abe – I was going to say me. I was going to say, like, what? I will say that Abe and I have been we've, – we've spent a lot of time discussing. We've gotten to really serious arguments about how to pronounce the next Star Wars movie because we don't know what it's going to be titled. And we – you know, colons are a very tricky subject. I, I think Abe and I at this point are thinking – Something along the lines of Lucasfilms presents J.J. Abrams' <laughs> yeah, Star exactly. Wars colon episode seven colon whatever the title might be. I it think that's be Lucasfilms uh, Ltd. Period presents. Oh, see, there. That's colon. part of our arguments right there. God, right. I told you we don't see, need Matthew, Ltd. You've opened up a can of worms here, Matthew. Like what you did. Uh, okay. Let's let's call let's cool let's cool our jets. Yeah. Let's cool, <laughs> thanks, let's cool thanks, them down. Art. Let's cool. Let's cool him down right now. You're just man. We'll just we'll let you know when it happens because when the title and we'll just have a special pod. We'll have a two minute podcast going over the title of episode seven when it gets announced. So we'll put it on the Podomatic exclusively. It'll be great. <laughs> but for the time being, let's just say there's going to be a lot of colons. There's going to be a lot of names. And it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Might even be a hyphen there. Don't even see. Oof. You're gonna you're that's gonna, gonna, gonna be so right now. All right. <laughs> All right. Jeez, I'm sorry. Okay. Calm down. It's Sunday. Uh, it is Sunday. Going off of that, what are you guys? How are you guys gonna say the new Batman movie? Oh, we've been doing that. That's, oh, we've we, already we, got a, that. We, Abe and I've already got. Yeah, it's yeah. Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. That's easy. We've <laughs> we've, we've had that. We've had that going since the title was announced. It was. Yeah. That's down pat. We cut it. We cut That's a ribbon. Rehearsed. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was out. Now feedback. 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 Thank feedback. you everybody for uh, participating on our Facebook page. Lots of fun. Always as adults. And uh, now I think, Abe, what, uh, what time oh, is it? Aaron, I think it's time for some games. Wow, wow you, you ran through a maze to get to that one. That's right, I did. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I ran All it right, with Algernon, actually. Aw. I've actually got a two-part game for you guys today, Ooh. because I couldn't come up with enough questions on the fun game. So, so you uh, have a less fun game to ask. Yeah, everyone. you know, it's one that we play more often. But the fun game is Before and After, where I read you guys a clue, which has two movie titles blended together, and you have to tell me the new movie title. Ah, do you have an example offhand that you should always have so we know how to play this game? Uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I should have thought of one, but okay, so, you know, you made this movie called The Maze. Here, I got, okay, so something like, you know, there's there's an arachnid superhero and a documentary about the two towers, and you call it Spider-Man on wire. Yes, exactly. Right, okay, (laughs) I got it. So you know you make Spider-Man and Man. I should really make this game. I came up with that off the off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> These are fun. Yeah. I should do that game myself. Maybe so this is uh, a game starring uh, the the words maze and the ma- and the words runner. So uh, four questions here, and then we'll move into another game called On a Scale of, which will be on a scale of uh, the Rotten Tomatoes meter for some of the actors in the Maze Runner, and you guys will have to give me what the percentage is of the I, film that they're in. I can see how working with just the words Maze and Runner made you only have four questions to have for this game. Yeah, it was very difficult. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> here we go. First question, and uh, you can buzz in by saying your name, and then you can say your answer. First question. Four Jamaican bobsledders attempt to survive a public execution disguised as a game show. 
Jared. Ah, ah, okay, Aaron. Aaron. Cool. Well, it doesn't fit because it's plural. Cool Runnings Man. That's correct. It should be the cool, <laughs> like Cool Running Man because it's Running Man. There. But I like I like the Runnings Man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would have I would have accepted Cool Runnings Man. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Next question. I'm looking at the judges. They're nodding. So yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alex Trebek. Next question. These claymation chickens attempt to escape being turned into pies by using math and poker tricks learned by Justin Timberlake and Ben Affleck. Chicken runner runner. That is correct. There you go. You're on the board, Jordan. Oh, Jordan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. Next question. Just imagine having to sell 100,000 Deutschmarks in 20 minutes before turning 30. Oh, Just okay. To... okay, okay, okay. All, All right. right. Are you buzzing in, or is Jordan? I'm not buzzing in yet, but I, I see where you're. You can say it again if you want. Just to. imagine having to sell 100,000 Deutschmarks in 20 minutes before turning 30. I know the second part, but how does that? Let's see. Deutschmarks. Who's stealing Deutschmarks? They have in euros. Five, four, three, God. two, <laughs> one. The Logan's Run, Lola, Run. You said it backwards. That's why I wasn't thinking. Of it. I, I, it was a brain teaser. That's not. That doesn't. That's, that's not how it works. Abe <laughs> gets that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the I thought it was supposed one. to connect. Like what movie ends with the word Logan? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sorry, the judges have nodded that Abe is okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, judges. All right, last one for this particular set. Can you imagine having to track down four replicants in rural Montana? As a son of a Presbyterian minister who loves fly fishing, can you imagine trying to track down four replicants in rural Montana as a son of a Presbyterian minister who loves fly fishing? Is it backwards again? No. This one's actually just lame. Oh, okay. <laughs> I agree so far. Um... <laughs> Blade Runner Fargo? This one's a bad one anyway. I couldn't figure out it. River's anymore. Edge? <laughs> the other one? A Blade Runner River runs through it. I, that's terrible. <laughs> a Blade Runner river. That doesn't connect. That's just two no. things smashed together. I was I was grasping at straws there at the end. Anyhow, that's that's like saying that's like saying the Dark Knight who framed Roger Rabbit. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I I would watch that movie. I would watch that movie. I'd watch the I'd watch. I was gonna swear. I'd watch the crap yeah. out of that movie. <laughs> All right, moving on. On a scale of. So uh, how does this? Okay, so what are we? So there's a scale. What what scale yeah, well, is? This is the Rotten Tomato scale. So, so, the, so we're trying to guess the Rotten Tomato review score of certain movies. Correct, yeah. So Dylan O'Brien uh, had a movie called The Internship, um, and what was the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? Aaron? I uh, The Internship, um, which sucked. I will say 42%. Okay. J Jordan? Yeah, I know that's where, like, the Metacritic score is, but I think I'm going to say 35 35 Jordan, you are closest to it. It was 34%. Oh, okay. So, I was giving I was giving that movie too much credit. <laughs> Next one, Will Poulter plays Galley, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia: colon, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. My favorite book in that series, and by default, my favorite movie in that series. Um, let's see, <laughs> Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I feel like that did better. Um, was that the? That was I the third. I thought there one. were only two. There's no. That's the third one. There's oh, Prince, really? there's, there's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, obviously, and then there's Prince Caspian, Prince Caspian. and then yeah. there's the Voyage of the Dun Treader. Alrighty, I never knew that one. 
Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say sixty seven percent. Okay. I will go with fifty five. Fifty five. Jordan, you win that one. It was forty nine. Oh wow, it's low. Okay. Yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What the other ones did? What Prince Caspian do? do Prince Caspian. I will look I'll, it up. I'll look up Witch in the Wardrobe, which I think is like in the seventies. I had to guess. Prince Caspian had sixty seven percent. Wow, people like that movie. That movie's not yeah. very. I mean, it's it's a very PG thirteen PG movie because people get into head. Yeah, seventy six or wardrobe. That's what I thought. Which All I right. wasn't a big fan of. <laughs> I was I was alone like I was alone that that winter. I was, I, was happy. I was not a big fan of that young girl eating all the cherries. <laughs> there was a lot of things to like about that movie. I was Tilda Swinton's pretty good. She yeah, well, she's always she's Tilda Swinton. But I was sitting there because I, I saw Syriana and then I jumped the line to Witch of the Witch. <laughs> Completely like, opposite. I was like, well, I like Syriana. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Yeah. With three more. Moon with Kea Scudelero, who plays Teresa in uh, Maze Runner. Oh, the movie Moon. The movie Moon with uh, friend of the show Sam Rockwell. Oh, I'll I'll go 87. It's probably 87. higher. Okay. I'll do 83. 83, and by default, uh, Jordan, you get this one too, it's 80%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Aaron is really great in the IMDb. The yeah, IMDb is like crushed. That's why, that's why I switched over to Rotten Tomatoes here. All right. Um, and then two from uh, Patricia Clarkson, who plays Ava in Maze Runner. The Pledge with Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, The Pledge. I'll say 59. Okay. And Jordan? 47. 47. By default, Aaron, you get this one. It's 78%. Oh, wow. People like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew it was like a good movie. I, was, I wasn't sure how the, if it was like a like a mix to good in terms of the review stuff. But yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of funky sometimes. Or people should see The Pledge, by the way. It's a good Jack Nicholson movie where he's not playing Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and lastly, Jumanji, which we brought up earlier, oh, which also has Patricia Clarkson in it. Who did she play in it? She played uh, his mom, I want to say. Really? Yeah, I think I, she was like the wife or the mom or something. That's fair. Yeah. I know she's not, because I know Bebe Newworth is the real estate agent because he has the last name of Newworth. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, Jumanji, which I hate a lot, but I you won't. Do. Yeah, I've mentioned this plenty of times. I'll say 40. 40%, okay. I'll go 44. And 44. So by default, uh, you get this one too, Jordan. It's actually 50%. 50, okay. Really? Yeah. Jordan kind of swept away here in Rotten Tomatoes on a scale of game. So by default, he actually, or not by default, by actual tallies, he wins games this week. Yeah, she is the, the mom. But yeah, good job, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You already see your coming back, though. Yeah, like he just he's, he's basically just assuring that he'll yeah. have multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> Whether he likes it or not, that's the that's the real takeaway from that. Uh, let's just pour some. Oh God, we'll shove him into our maze. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was games. Good job, Abe. Like Thanks. That. that was fun. Uh, let's do a little out now. Presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. Uh, first up, Abe and I are going to be big on talking about this one. It's the Signal. Yeah, go see it. The Signal, this awesome little sci-fi movie that came the out. the writers of, yes. the, of the film. Yeah, The Signal, cool little sci-fi movie. We got, yeah, we had a chance to interview the writers of the film, which was awesome. And yeah, we did some fun. It's a fun. It's a good movie to go check out for you know being a little movie made for nothing. It's yeah. certainly solid. 
Uh, speaking of little nothing movie, The Rover comes out this week. This is with Guy Pearce and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I heard and mixed things. I, 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 I enjoyed it kinda. It's like the existential version of Roadrunner, is what, what I called it. Road, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the, the coyote and the Roadrunner. <laughs> no, the, uh, the Road Warrior. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, but it, I think it's, it's worth checking out, I guess, if you're into, if you want to see something much more low key, but still like weirdly sci-fi, but kinda. Um, but yeah. Uh, also coming out, Neighbors. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Jordan, were you a fan of Neighbors? Yeah, I love Neighbors. That was so funny. Yeah. I was really impressed with Zac Efron in that movie, too. I've always kind of defended him, but yeah. I, was, I liked him in that movie. I have, too, because I have nothing against the guy. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think this is kind of this is the perfect kind of role for him. Where like yeah. that, where that awkward moment I was not a fan of because he was too much of the kind of like bro persona. But this one, it's like this fits. This like this works for me. <laughs> um, also coming out this week, Halloween: The Complete Collection. For many people, this is a big. For many horror fans, this is a big deal because every not only does every single Halloween film with Michael Myers of course come out onto onto Blu-ray this week, but it includes the producer's cut of Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers, which has never been seen oh. in like in easily film easily viewable form um, along with just uh, like a, a bevy of special features for all 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 uh, 10 of these movies uh, like a whole bunch of extras new interviews new commentary just all kinds of stuff and uh, i have a huge halloween fan i like that uh, in terms of like these kind of slasher movie series i like halloween more than the uh, friday the 13th and the nightmare on elm street series i'm a huge halloween fan so i'm out a lot primarily because the first film is just a crazy brother that comes back to go find his sister i mean yeah the first one's obviously the highlight of the series yeah, but, that, I mean, that I, freaks I, me out. but as far as the i mean a lot of these movies sequels aren't always you know the greatest and i actually am a big fan of a majority of the films in this series so i'm very happy season to... of the witch season of the witch <laughs> Um, also coming out this week, uh, speaking of horror collections, we have the Saw Complete Collection coming out and the Exorcist. Never Complete seen Anthology. any one of those. And the Exorcist Complete Anthology series. Seen a couple of those. Uh, also, Ghost in the Shell 25th anniversary comes out. Go see it. Um, I get to review that actually. I get that yeah, pretty cool. soon. Um, Ida comes out this week. This is, I think, the best reviewed film of the year that's only been seen by like 18 people, including front of the show Mark Hoven. I don't even know what that is. Okay, he's even brought it up on this podcast they were on before, but all right. Um, Key and Peele Season 3 also comes out this week on Blu-ray. I'm a big Key and Peele fan. It returns new episodes this week, so Season 3 comes out as well. So, you know, if you want to catch up on some fun comedy, Key and Peele, it's a good one. Hey. Um, and, yeah, so that's out in episode out now. Uh, wrapping up here, next week's show, we're talking about the Box Trolls. Abe and I are huge Leica fans, of course, and we are, cannot wait to talk about the box trolls. And I know for a fact that Leah Ducey has been just knocking down my imaginary virtual door to be on this podcast to talk about it. So she will be <laughs> on for sure. And, uh, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And, uh, okay, so last question before we really wrap up the show. What should people go and see in theaters right now? Jordan, if you had one movie to select to tell people to go see in theaters, what would it be? Is it other than Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> that, yeah, I think so. Or, yeah, you can choose that. I mean, you can, if you really want to choose, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably say Maze Runner. I think between since Guardians came out and now, I would say that's probably my favorite cool. yeah. of, like, the last three weeks. Abe? Uh, yeah, we've talked about a lot of them, so I guess I'll say, uh, I don't know, Duff and Tell 2, which I didn't <laughs> see, but... Hey, you I know heard that's good. Friends of, the show, friends of the show, Scott Mendelson. You know what? It has like a 70-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like 70%? It's, yeah. 
Like it's and like honestly, like that's not surprising. I feel like I've it's, heard that it's like you know decent, good family fun. Well, that's what it, I mean. The first that's what the first I didn't see the second one, but the first one that's what it is. That's what it amounts to. It's nothing you know. It's nothing that's gonna blow you away. But as far as kind of a family film goes, of an interesting story, uh, that first one was fine, and this one apparently kind of lives up to that one's reputation. It's not, if I get to review it, I'll do it again because I'll take any chance to see Morgan Freeman interact with a dolphin. But I mean, <laughs> as far as it goes right now, I hear good things about it. So there you go. I will say the Skeleton Twins. I, uh, I think that movie is rather excellent, and I, it's expanded to a few more theaters, so hopefully it expands more in the coming weeks, but I think it's definitely worth checking out if you can get a chance to see it. I would have called that, but I use that for my feedback. I understand. Sorry, for my uh, quickie. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that is it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysoblue.com for my reviews there, along with my, along with my Blue, Air, Blue Air reviews. You can also follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Attack on Titan. And Jordan, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, yeah, people can find more of my work online at rathsreviews.com. Uh, when you search it on Google, it should be one of the first things that shows up, or you can just type it in rathsreviews.com. Great. And that's Wrath with no W. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, just an R. <laughs> and yeah, we'll be we'll be sure to have a link to your site and to your you know review of the Maze Runner in the show notes for this episode. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. We you can find all the other episodes about now out there and today on iTunes and at Stitcher as well as at hhwld.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show along with other shows including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which should be starting back up pretty soon, as well as the Icapod Crane Cast, which of course will be starting back very soon because Sleepy Hollow begins again. So. There you go. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. And feel free to email us outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on The Maze Runner or if you have any kind of book adaptation recommendation things that you'd want to recommend or share with us. You can also answer our questions or ask us questions over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, you can follow us there. And lastly, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 972-798-3830. We'll be happy to you know, play an audio clip from you on the show. If you have a question or some kind of comment you'd like to make that we'd like to you know, vocally realize, go for it. Woo woo. Jordan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Me. Thank you very much for having me. That was a lot of fun. Good for sure, and we'll be happy to have you back in the future at some point. Maybe before the before the uh, the scorch. I forgot what it was called already. The scorch trials. But <laughs> 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 we'll see. But yeah, uh, box trolls next week, and yeah, that's it. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Just real nervous and unprepared to deal with scrapping, no doubt.
never told me how to knock a nigga out. But now in 95, I was surviving to man on my own. Fuck around with fat lip, yes, she get blown. I'm not trying to show no macho is shown. But when it's on, when it's on, then it's on. Might even be a hyphen there. Don't even see. Oof. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make me so mad right now. All right. <laughs> All right, geez, I'm sorry. Okay. Calm down. It's Sunday. <laughs>